Alright ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children and senior citizens all over the world, welcome to episode 7 of Prime Talk with yours truly, the one and only Rodimus Prime. I'm Rodimus Prime here on this beautiful but yet hot Wednesday, September 11, 2019. I hope you are enjoying your day. I hope everybody's week has been going good. Mine has been going pretty good as well. Um, we got a lot to discuss on today's show. Now, I was going to do two separate shows, make it seven and eight, but I decided to incorporate everything into one show because really that would not make any sense to just do one show for NFL, one show for college football. Why not just put both topics into one show, if you will? But um, just a reminder, or should I say, just to let everyone know, I will be on vacation next week. I'll talk more about that at the tail end of the show, but I want to go ahead and get on with today's topics and with today's news, because there's a lot to discuss as far as episode 7 is concerned. I'm going to start off with some NFL news. Now, last week, I talked about Antonio Brown. I gave him my rant of the week. Um, fortunately for him, he landed another team. He was released from the Oakland Raiders. And just mere minutes later, he was picked up by the New England Patriots. So, yes, he's going to be playing alongside Julian Edelman, uh, Josh Gordon, and the great Tom Brady. And he's going to be coached by the great Bill Belichick. However, there is some bad news concerning Antonio Brown. Just recently, as of yesterday, and I don't have all the facts. I've just been, I'm just going by what I've been hearing on TV and stuff like that. Antonio Brown has now been accused of sexual assault. Basically, he's been accused of raping his former trainer. Uh, apparently, her name is Brittany Phillips, I believe. And she's accusing him of doing some stuff that he has no business doing. Now, as of this recording, 11.15 a.m., his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, was on SportsCenter Coast to Coast giving his side of the story, giving his side of his client's story. Now, he didn't go into everything that was talked about. He did say that Antonio is cooperating with the Patriots. He is cooperate. He is going to cooperate with the NFL and the NFLPA. Um, this is his first day at practice. As I mentioned, he, was, he is the newly acquired uh, player for the New England Patriots. And rightfully so, the Patriots and Antonio should be taking this serious. I, by no means, condone rape. Rape is wrong, and it should not happen to no one. Um, rape should not be condoned by anyone, period. Um, she has um, apparently said that... Well, go back. going back to what I said, she has basically accused him of doing some things while she was sleeping. I don't know... Uh, I don't know what that may have been. Again, I don't have all the facts at my disposal, but uh, this is a very serious matter. You know, everybody's looking forward to uh, Antonio Brown playing for the Patriots. He needs to be worried about being on the commissioner's exempt list because whatever facts come out, those are the facts. And, you know, all jokes aside, I, I feel sorry for Antonio I actually feel sorry for him in this situation because, again, rape, sexual assault, it should not be condoned. It is a serious matter, and we will just have to wait until the facts come out. That being said, week one of the NFL season is in the books, and looking at some of these scores and looking at the way that some of these teams played, I'm just baffled, if you will. I'm just baffled. For example... The Atlanta Falcons, they played the Minnesota Vikings. I was baffled at the way they played. They lost, but I, I was just scratching my head like, what is really going on? Did y'all not know what y'all were getting yourselves into? Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, let's talk about that scare they had about the, with the Washington Redskins being down 17-0 and ultimately coming back to win the game. Uh, a lot of teams... Like the Dolphins, for example. I'll talk more about them. They just did not come to play week one. I know it's just the first game, but they got a lot of work to do. They got a lot of practicing to do. Offense, defense, special teams. 
A few players got hurt. Um, for example, Nick Foles, who is the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback. He's done for the season. Unfortunately, he broke his clavicle. I don't know where exactly that is on your body, but he he definitely broke his clavicle, and uh, he's practically done for the year. So, um, you know, hats off to him. I hope he gets better. I'm wishing him a speedy recovery. But looking at the way that some of these teams played, if they continue to play like that throughout the season, they're definitely in for the long haul, and I don't mean in a good way. But anyway, let's just give let's just go ahead and talk about week one and I'll give my week two predictions. Plus, I'm only doing this for NFL. I'm going to give my player of the week each week. I'm going to give one player from any team in the league player of the week. So I'll talk about that at the tail end of the review and the week two predictions. But week one, we kicked off the 100th year of the NFL with the Green Bay Packers taking on the Chicago Bears. And let's just say I was very disappointed in this game. Now, I did have the Green Bay Packers winning, but this game was so boring, I ended up falling asleep. Literally. And I wasn't even tired. This game was just flat out boring. It was boring. Both offenses were really suspect. Defense-wise, both teams played well. But it was just one of those games where it's just like, why am I even watching this? And Mitchell Travinsky, uh, I think last I saw his stats, he was like 20 for 45. And he did not play well at all. That defense pressured him. They put they put the heat on him. I mean, he got like 200-some yards, but he just did not play well at all. Neither team, in my opinion, played well overall. But the Packers got the win 10-3. to then we move on to Sunday, where we had just a slew of games on tap and two on Monday. But we're going to start off with Sunday with the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland is another team. I've said it time and time again. They're going to be fun to watch. But week one, they did not play at all. Baker Mayfield threw three interceptions in the fourth quarter alone. And Tennessee, led by Marcus Mariota. Derrick Henry and the rest of that squad, they came to play. I was very surprised with the way the Tennessee Titans played on Sunday against Cleveland at Cleveland. And besides Odell wearing that watch, like why would you wear a watch on the field? I don't care how much it costs. Let me just get that out there right now. Why would you want to wear a watch on the field? Why? I'm, I'm just curious of why. But anyway, he had a decent game, but it just wasn't enough. Because I don't know if Cleveland is falling under pressure. I don't know if they're falling under expectation, even though it's just week one. But they did not play well at all. They got torched. They got manhandled. They got outscored. They got outplayed in every aspect that you could think of. The Tennessee Titans ended up winning the game 43-13. to Next, we had the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Miami Dolphins. And boy, did Lamar Jackson light the Dolphins up. Lamar Jackson was 17 for 20, 324 yards, and five touchdowns. They won 59 to 10 against the Dolphins. And speaking of the Dolphins, I thought about this all week. I was going to give them my rant of the week, but you know what? I decided not to. Because it's pretty obvious that the Miami Dolphins are not going to have a good season. There were reports probably like an hour or so after the game, that players um, have contacted their agents and have requested trades. Dolphins management has denied those allegations. My thing is this. You know what you're getting yourself into. That's like when you go on a job. You know what you're getting yourself into. The Miami Dolphins have not made the playoffs since 2009. That's been 10 years ago. The Miami Dolphins have gone from they've gone from the days of the 72 undefeated Dolphins to player having players like Ricky Williams, Dan Marino, etc., etc., to just basically falling off the map. And they're projected to basically tank this year. If you don't know what that is, let me explain what tanking is. 
Tanking is where you basically lose games on purpose in order to get the top spot in the next year's draft. And the Miami Dolphins are basically on the cusp of that. Now, I'm not saying the Miami Dolphins won't win games. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say they'll probably win at least two, two, and that that's probably the best they'll get. But the Miami Dolphins were not gonna beat the Baltimore Ravens. The Miami Dolphins are not gonna have a good season. Look who you have in your division. You are not going anywhere. You have the Patriots, who basically ruled that division. You have the Jets. You have the Bills. You have three other teams that are better than you. And one of them constantly is in the Super Bowl conversation every single year. When was the last time that we heard the Miami Dolphins in the Super Bowl conversation? When? Please tell me. The Miami Dolphins, listen, they got some great players, whatever the case may be. But for the fans that had to sit there and watch the Dolphins lose the way they did, they should be embarrassed. The players... They're definitely embarrassed. The coaches, the head coach, the coaching staff, all the way around, management, ownership, everybody that has anything to do with the Miami Dolphins should be embarrassed. It's that simple. They knew they weren't going to win this game. Again, the Ravens beat the Dolphins 59-10. Next, we had the Minnesota Vikings defeating the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know what the Falcons were doing. They might be in for a long season as well. Anyway... The Vikings won 28-12. The Buffalo Bills came back to beat the New York Jets 17-16. Philadelphia, led by Nick Foles. I mean, not Nick Foles, but Carson Wentz. I'm sorry. Um, they came back to beat the Washington Redskins, who damn near gave them a scare this past Sunday. As I was checking these scores out, and I was flipping through games that were on TV, I was just stunned with the way that the Washington Redskins' defense stepped up. With the way they played, they could be one of the top defenses in the league this year. But they almost squeaked out a win, which uh, they almost squeaked out a win against a team that could potentially win the Super Bowl this year. But the Philadelphia Eagles, by the skin of their teeth, ended up winning the game 32-27, to coming back with the leadership of one Carson Wentz. Next, we had the Los Angeles Rams defeating... Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers, 30-27. to People are still questioning Cam about his shoulder. And he told a reporter, I'll throw deep when it's time. I don't, I don't have any concerns with Cam. I just feel like that offensive line should do better in protecting him. The defense is pretty solid, but Carolina unfortunately came on the losing end of the stick. Kansas City defeated Jacksonville 40-26. As I mentioned, um, Nick Foles is out with a clavicle injury. He's done for the year. The L.A. Chargers defeated the Indianapolis Colts 30-24 in overtime. Seattle, they squeaked out a win by the skin of their teeth as well against the Cincinnati Bengals 20-21. Dallas, how about those Dallas Cowboys, huh? They defeated the New York Giants 35-17. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Jason Witten, that whole squad really stepped up at home. And they really showed up and they showed out by defeating the Giants by 18. They got another NFC East battle. I'll talk about that more in the Week 2 predictions. The Detroit Lions and the Arizona Cardinals. They tied. No one won. I Can I just mention that I hate this overtime rule. I get somebody's got to win. I get somebody's got to lose. But this does not make sense. The final score was 27-27. No one won. Again, I hate this overtime rule. The San Francisco 49ers. They put a whooping on famous Jameis and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 31-17. And the New England Patriots just basically blew out the Pittsburgh Steelers, 33-3. And I was very disappointed. And I'm just sitting here watching like, what was the point in watching this game? Because I really thought the game was going to be close. Like, did Pittsburgh even practice? Like, what were they doing? What were they doing? Evidently nothing. I expected better. And I expect better from Pittsburgh in week two and beyond the season. Because I see them making the playoffs. But this is, this is ridiculous. This is unacceptable. Tom Brady... 
that whole offense, that defense, that whole team in general just they just played lights out against Pittsburgh. And I was just very disappointed with the way that the Steelers played. Monday night, we had two games on tap, Houston and New Orleans. Now, I come home from work, and I see that Deshaun Watson has thrown two deep balls with 37 seconds left. And I'm like, they're about to win this game. They're about to win this game. They were up 20. No, they tied the game up 20. 27 to 28-7. 28-27. I can't even get my numbers right. 28-27. Drew Brees gets down the field. He and the team get down the field. Lutz comes on the field and he gets the game-winning field goal. And the New Orleans Saints survive at home 30-28 over Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. Honestly, with the way that Deshaun played in the last few minutes, you would have thought that Houston won that game. They probably should have won the game, but the Saints got it done. 30-28. to 28. And the Oakland Raiders, minus Antonio Brown, I know we're sick and tired of talking about him, but they got it done against the Denver Broncos, 24-16. to 4, 24 to 16. Last I saw, um, they were up 14-0. to and I just I just crashed after after that. I had a long night, but the Oakland Raiders got it done, and they proved that the energy that Antonio Brown, the negative energy that he gave them, the sour taste he left in their mouths, they turned that into a positive, and they turned this into a W. So therefore, uh, Oakland gets the win again, twenty four to sixteen. Week two action of the NFL. It's a, it's a nice crop of games, if you will, on tap for uh, week two. We're going to start off tomorrow, September 12th. Tampa Bay will travel to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Um, Cam Newton, like I said, he's constantly being questioned about his shoulder. I think he'll have a monster game. Famous Jameis, Jameis Winston, as people like to call him. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, I think they'll find ways to hang in the game, to hang on for a W. I think they'll find ways to stay within the confines. They'll find ways to stay in the game, but I don't feel like it'll be enough because I feel like the defense will put pressure on Jameis. I feel like Christian McCaffrey and the rest of that squad on the offensive side of things, I think they'll have a monster game. Therefore, I'm going to pick the Carolina Panthers over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think Carolina will get their first W of the season, 27-17. Next, we have um, on Sunday, we have a number of games on Sunday with the, Car- with the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's not Jimmy G. I'm calling him Jimmy Garoppolo. I think um, I think he'll do decent. I think he'll have a decent showing. I feel like he'll struggle with that Cincinnati defense. I think um, God, I can't think of their quarterback's name, but I think he'll he'll um, he'll play well also. But I don't feel like it'll be enough towards the end. Um, but well, I take that back. I take that back. Looking at this. I think uh, I think Cincinnati can squeak out a win. I really do. At first, looking at this, I had uh, I had San Francisco to get the win. I take I, t- I take all that back. I feel like Cincinnati will win this game. I, I feel like they'll find a way to really uh, have one of those monster games at home. So I'm going to reverse everything I said, if you will. Um, so I'm going to say Cincinnati. I feel like Cincinnati will get the W. I'm going to say 28-24. to 24. Cincinnati over Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. Next we have the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Detroit Lions. I mean, it's the Detroit Lions. What more can I say? I'm going to pick the Chargers over the Lions, 38-10. Minnesota and Green Bay, two of the legendary teams in the NFL meeting once again. Um, honestly, Kirk Cousins, I don't know. I, you can't really tell about Kirk Cousins. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, the great man that he is, one of the great quarterbacks of this generation. 
I feel like he'll probably throw for three touchdowns. You know, he'll probably throw a pick or two, but I feel like he'll put up monster numbers. Therefore, I'm going to pick the Green Bay Packers over the Minnesota Vikings 31-21. Indianapolis and Tennessee. Now, this is going to be a real good one. I think this will be one of the sleeper games of the week, if you will. I'm going to say uh, Jacoby Brissett, T.Y. Hilton, and the Colts. I think they'll find a way to beat Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans. I think they'll find a way to get it done. Uh, Indianapolis is traveling. at ten- They'll play at Tennessee. But I think they'll get a win on the road. I'm going to pick the Colts. Mainstream Malcolm's team. Shout out to Mainstream. Um, that's his team. So I'm going to pick his team 30-20 to 20 over the Titans. New England versus Miami. Do I need to say more? I just talked about the Miami Dolphins in the week one review. New England, I mean, they got all the weapons at their disposal. They're pretty much locked in to win it all again. So, I mean, like I said, they got Edelman. They got Antonio. They got Josh Gordon. They got a solid defense all the way around. They're pretty much locked in at this point. There's pretty much no reason why... You should pick anybody else to win the Super Bowl besides the Patriots. Again, they have all the weapons at their disposal. I'm going to say they blow out the Dolphins 41-14. to Buffalo, they're going to take on the New York Giants. I'm actually going to pick the Giants in this one. I want to pick Buffalo. I mean, I don't see, I don't see the Giants doing much. I don't see the Bills doing much. But I'm actually going to pick the Giants over the Bills 27-17. Seattle versus Pittsburgh. I feel like Pittsburgh will uh, have some will have a different type of energy after that blowout loss against New England. I feel like this is a must win for New England. As far as uh, Seattle goes, they could win this game if they wanted to. But as far as Pittsburgh goes, like I said, this is a must win. They need to win this game. I'm gonna say Pittsburgh over uh, Seattle, 42 to 28. Another NFC East battle, if you will. Dallas will take on the Washington Redskins on the road. I'm going to pick Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and the rest of that Dallas Cowboys squad to get the victory. I feel like this will be a decent game. This will be, um, I guess, somewhat of a shootout. I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just looking at things different. I think Case Keenum, he'll struggle because that Dallas defense is going to put pressure on him. While he's in the pocket, while he's trying to get out of the pocket, that Dallas defense is going to put the heat on Case Keenum. Therefore, I'm going to say Dak gets it done. Dak and the pre- Dak and the uh, Dallas Cowboys get it done, 35-26. The Baltimore Ravens will take on the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Arizona traveling to take on take on uh, Lamar Jackson and the Raiders. I think Lamar Jackson. After the way he played last week, he'll have another strong game. I'm going to say they blow out the Cardinals 39-7. Jacksonville will take on the Houston Texans. I think Houston will get the win over the Jaguars 33-21. Kansas City and Oakland. Now, Oakland, as I mentioned, they had that momentum after what uh, Antonio, what A.B. did to them. Kansas City... They're going to be one of the teams to be reckoned with this year. Patrick Mahomes is on another level right now. Derek Carr, he'll do well, but he's not going to outshine Patrick Mahomes in my opinion. Therefore, with with the leadership of Sammy Watkins and Patrick Mahomes and the rest of that team, they're going to get it done. I think they'll get it done in Oakland 37-20. But I feel like it'll be a good game though. Chicago will take on the Denver Broncos. Mitchell Travinsky has to step up. I don't know how anybody else feels, but after the way he played last Thursday night, he's got to step up. He is now in year three. Yeah, year three. He's got to step up because a lot of people are writing him off. And I'm one of them because it doesn't make any sense that he threw the ball 45 times and still in my opinion, played like garbage. But I think he'll have an okay game. You know, he'll throw for probably, I'll say he'll throw for like 275, close to 300. But they'll get the W, in my opinion. 
28-14 over the Broncos. New Orleans will take on the Los Angeles Rams, a rematch from the NFC Championship game. We all know how that came out with that uh, infamous no-call, if you will. I think the Rams will find a way to squeak out a victory by hook or by crook. But I think things will be different this time, unlike the NFC Championship game. I'm going to say Drew Brees is going to do well if he doesn't do well. I mean... At the rate this guy is at, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, in my opinion, and I will stand by this to the day I die, Drew Brees will always be a top five quarterback, in my opinion. He will always be in my top five. But I feel like, I feel like the Rams will find a way to get it done. I feel like the, both defenses will play well. I feel like one defense will end up being tired and just be gassed. And the Rams will find a way to win. I feel like New Orleans defense will be gassed come late second half. And the offense, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just looking at this score different. I don't know. But I'm picking the Rams to win 29-24. You know, a lot of people are not going to forget that no call from the NFC Championship game. But hopefully this game will not be like it was last year in the playoffs. Again, my pick is the Rams 29-24. And Sunday night, we have the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan, I don't know what to say about Matt Ryan. I I don't know. They got, they got a lot of weapons like Julio and other people like that, but they just did not play well against the Vikings, and I was stunned. Philadelphia, they almost got a loss. This is, to me, with as far as Atlanta goes, this is, to me, a must-win. But I don't see them winning. I see them losing, I say, in blowout fashion. You know, the scores may be different from what I'm predicting, but I feel like Atlanta is just not going to be enough for Matt Ryan. He's not going to be Matty Ice, as they used to call him. He's going to be Matt Ryan. Therefore, the Philadelphia Eagles... Uh, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Jackson, and the rest of that squad, they're going to win 42-17. And Monday night's game, we will have the Cleveland Browns taking on the New York Jets. Cleveland has to do better than what they did in week one. They did not show up. They lost by 30 at home. Baker Mayfield has to do better with the football. The offensive line has to do better by protecting Baker. Uh, as far as the Jets go, Sam Darnold, he's also got to do better. Both teams need a must win. But I see the Cleveland Browns winning this one 31-20. I'm taking the Browns in a must win game. Like I said, both teams, to me, this is a must win for both teams. Somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. I'm saying 31-20 Cleveland Browns. And my player of the week, my NFL player of the week, goes to Lamar Jackson. As I mentioned, he played super well against the Miami Dolphins. 17 for 20, 324 for 5 touchdowns. So, um, with the game coming up with the um, Baltimore Ravens, they play the... um, Wait a minute, I just had it. They play the Arizona Cardinals. I think he'll have a monster game in that one as well. So, uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson gets my week one player of the week. I want to transition to college football. College football, there were some really good games on this week. Um, Some teams, they still need some work. They still need some work. For example, the Auburn Tigers. Yes, I'm going to be talking about them a lot. Um, I'm going to be talking about Alabama a lot, Georgia, Clemson, you know, whatever the case may be. But Auburn's offensive line when they play Tulane, what is going on with their offensive line? What are they doing? I was just disgruntled a little bit because, I I mean, I'm glad they got the win, but I was just disgruntled like, what are y'all doing? Y'all are supposed to be protecting your quarterback. You're not doing that. Um, as far as these teams, I was very stunned with the way I was very stunned with the way Stanford played against USC. I'll talk more about that a little later. 
And it was just like, you know, like I said, some of these teams just need some work. Whether it's offense, defense, whatever the case may be, some of these teams just really aren't working as a cohesive unit, in my opinion. Despite whether they win or lose, I just don't feel like they're they're working as a uh, cohesive collective unit. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't, I really don't know how to t- describe with the way some of these teams are playing. And the way that some of these teams struggle with these other teams, with their opponents, like Michigan, they struggle with Army. I mean, seriously, no disrespect to Army. They could have easily blown Army out. They struggle with Army. Are you serious? Jim Harbaugh led his team to a victory, but they struggled. There was no excuse on why they should have just won by three points. They could have easily blown this team out. But I'll talk more about that later. Let's get into some uh, week two scores, if you will. I only wrote a handful of scores down. I didn't write everything down. That's usually the format of this show as far as college football is concerned. But Friday, we had number 24, Boise State, defeating Marshall 14-7. Wake Forest over Rice 41-21. Clemson, uh, they played Saturday against um, Texas A&M. A very good game. I missed that game, but I did see some highlights. A very good game, in in my opinion. Uh, Kellen Munn for Texas A&M. He was 24 for 42, 236, a touchdown and an interception. Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, 24 for 35, 268, a touchdown and an interception. Clemson ended up getting the W, 24 to 10 in that one. Alabama over New Mexico State, 62 to 10. And you know what? This has been on my mind for a while. And Coach Nick Saban said the same thing during the press conference, the post-game press conference. He talked about how they should be playing better schools, more power conference schools. And I thought about that, and I wrote a few examples down. And honestly, I'm a Nick Saban fan. I'm not an Alabama fan. But I actually have to agree with Coach Saban. Because you look at some of these teams and their schedules. You look at Alabama. You say, that's a weak schedule. Look who they're playing. Clemson, they got a weak schedule. Oklahoma, they got a weak schedule. So on and so forth. Georgia. My question is this. How can anybody get excited when they see teams like Texas or LSU or Auburn or Florida playing these low-tier schools and you know they're going to blow them out? What are they gaining from that? Now, I'm not going to disrespect any team like Idaho or New Mexico State or South Dakota and I'm pretty sure that their coaching staff is great they have some of the best players in the country they may not be a four or five star type recruit like you know say like a um, Trevor Lawrence or somebody like that or a Bo Nix they may not, their coaching staff might not be on the level of, say, a Nick Saban or a Dabo Sweeney or a Les Miles. Their coaching staff worked their tails off. I know that. I'm pretty sure they, they worked their butts off to make sure their players are at that level. And I'm pretty sure their fan base is great. I'm not going to disrespect those teams. But let's be real. <coughs> let's be honest here. Do you honestly believe teams like UMass, Middle Tennessee, New Mexico State, Indiana State, South Dakota, uh, Louisiana Monroe. Do you honestly believe that they're on the level of an Alabama? Do you honestly believe that they're on the level of a Texas or a USC or a South Carolina or a Georgia? Do you honestly believe that they can go out there and beat teams like that? Now, it's happened before. I can remember when, um, who was that? What team was that? I can't remember. They beat Michigan. Golly, I can't remember. I remember I remember them upsetting uh, Michigan a few years ago. Somebody in the comment section, tell me what that team name was. I forget. They're on the tip of my brain. But anyway, other than that, they 
cannot beat these schools. It's possible, but when you look at when you when you when you see these schedules and you watch these games, they're what I call cupcake games. No, they're they're what I call slam dunk games. That's what I'm gonna call it. Slam dunk games. You wanna know why? Because you know before anything else happens, this game is gonna be a blowout. For example, week one, Ohio State played Florida Atlantic. You want to know what the score of that one was? 45-21. LSU played Georgia Southern. They beat them 55-3. Penn State, they wiped the field with Idaho. 79-7. Let that marinate. Let that score alone. That score alone. Let that marinate. 79 to 7. Alright? Week 2, this past weekend, Alabama. They defeated New Mexico State 62 to 10. Oklahoma over South Dakota 70 to 14. Uh, Florida over UT Martin 45 to 0. Penn State over Buffalo 45 to 13. Let those scores marinate for a second. Again. I'm not going to sit here and disrespect any lower tier school, but you know once you see that schedule, you know once the game happens, up, blowout, Alabama's playing this school, up, blowout. Now, if it's somebody like an LSU or whatever the case may be, that that may be different. But you know teams like UT Martin and UMass and other schools like that that I just mentioned, that's easily a check in the win column. Again, those are what I call slam dunk games. You know the game is going to be a blowout before it even happens. As I mentioned, Alabama beat New Mexico State 62-10. Georgia over Murray State 63-17. Oklahoma over South Dakota, as I mentioned, 70-14. Jalen Hurts continues to have a monster season just two weeks in. 14 for 18, 259, three touchdowns, eight rushes for 47 yards. Give me another couple weeks, and I'll tell you if he's up for the Heisman. Because clearly he is. He's just putting up bazooka numbers right now. I mean, the way he played in week one and this week is just phenomenal. Like, literally phenomenal. Texas over... No, LSU over Texas, excuse me, 45-38 to 38 in a classic. Michigan over uh, Army in two overtimes, 24-21. As I mentioned, they practically should have just blown them out, and I don't know why they didn't. No disrespect to Army, but there was no excuse on why Michigan should have struggled with Army. Auburn over Tulane, 24-6. That offensive line really, really needs working on. Cal upsetting number 14 Washington 20 to 19. UCF over Florida Atlantic 48 to 14. Idaho over I mean Iowa over Rutgers 30 to 0. Speaking of Rutgers, that's another thing. I remember a couple years ago when they played Michigan and they got whooped at home 71-0. Stop. Like just stop. It goes back to what I just talked about, another slam dunk game. Maryland upsetting number 21, Syracuse, 63 to 20. USC, boy, did they play well. They they played excellent against Stanford, upsetting number 23, Stanford at that 45 to 20. And I was just shocked. I was shook. I don't know about y'all if y'all watch this game, but I was shook with the way that USC just played. They really had their game face on Saturday night and for that, they deserved it. They beat Stanford 45-20. Colorado over number 25, Nebraska 34-31. UAB over Akron 31-20. Missouri over West Virginia 38-7. Virginia Tech gets the, I mean, not Virginia Tech, but Georgia Tech, excuse me, gets their first W of the season 14-10 over South Florida. Mississippi State over Southern Miss 38-14. Florida State. Over Louisiana Monroe, 45-44 in overtime. Florida State, I don't know what's happened to Florida State. 
I just I just don't understand. What is Willie Taggart doing at Florida State? Now, I have a cousin. He's a big fan of Florida State. And I'm pretty sure he's disgusted with the way they played. And rightfully so. Because last week they lost to Boise State. They struggled with Louisiana Monroe. Could have easily blown them out. But Louisiana Monroe at this point was just too much. And that's why Florida State ended up winning. They got the W45-44 in overtime, which should have been much, much different than that. South Alabama over Jackson State, 37-14. BYU over Tennessee, 29-26 in two overtimes. Tennessee, boy. (laughs) You know what? I am going to have a field day with Tennessee. I am literally going to have a field day with Tennessee all year. This team is so garbage. Jeremy Pruitt, I do not see him being there after this year. There is no reason why Tennessee should be 0-2 right now. No reason. And I'm going to talk about them when I get to week three predictions. But you would have thought with the way that Tennessee played in the clutch that they would have won this game. But evidently not. Tennessee is now 0-2 on the season. BYU wins again at Tennessee, 29-26 in two overtimes. Ole Miss defeated Arkansas in an SEC battle, 31-17. And the North Carolina Tar Heels over the Miami Hurricanes, oh boy, 28-25. Week three this weekend, uh, the rankings came out this week. Uh, one, two, and three. No changes there. Still the same. Some move. Some upper. Some upward movement. Some downward movement, if you will. Teams moving up, moving down. Some teams in the top twenty-five now. But let's get right into it. As I mentioned, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia. One, two, and three, respectfully. No changes there. LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Auburn, Florida, and Michigan round out the top ten. Uh, Eleven through twenty. Respectfully, Utah, Texas, Penn State, Wisconsin, Oregon, Texas A&M, UCF, Michigan State, Iowa, and Washington State. And 21 through 25, Maryland, Boise State, Washington, USC, uh, and Virginia. Maryland, USC, and Virginia entering the top 25 with Washington taking the biggest plunge, nine spots. They are 23 for this week. They are now ranked 23rd. Um, let's talk about week three. Looking at some of these games. Um, you got teams like Pitt versus Penn State. That should be a win easily for Penn State. Hopefully not a blowout though. Uh, Friday you have UNC versus Wake Forest. I think Wake Forest can play pretty decent. But I don't see him winning there. Um Oklahoma versus UCLA later on to, on Saturday. Um, UCLA, they're just having trouble right off the bat. I don't know what to say about Chip Kelly and that squad. Florida and Kentucky, that should be real good. Uh, I got Florida winning that one. I'll talk more about that later. Um, so let's just go ahead and get right into the predictions for week three. Um, I think some of these games will be pretty, be pretty decent. They'll be pretty good at best. So we're going to start off with Friday with North Carolina taking on Wake Forest. I got North Carolina winning that one. I think Matt Brown can lead his squad to another victory. 37-17 over Wake Forest. Les Smiles leading his Kansas squad. No, we're not in Kansas. But they will take on Boston College. I think they'll get the W barely 24-20 over Boston College. Number 20, Washington State will take on Houston. I'm going to say Houston gets the upset. I feel like there will be an upset this weekend. Possibly possibly one, two, three. Who knows? How many upsets will happen this weekend? But I'm going to say Houston gets the W over number 20, Washington. uh, 29 to 17. And then Saturday, you have Arkansas State challenging the number three ranked Georgia Bulldogs. That's easily uh, what I call a slam dunk game. 42-13 Georgia. 
Pitt will challenge number 13, Penn State. I see Penn State winning that one by two touchdowns, 35-21. Chattanooga and Tennessee. Boy, boy, boy. As I just mentioned, I'm going to have a ball with Tennessee all year long. And I'm going to talk about them all year long. I don't care who they play. I don't care where it's at. I am going to be talking about these Tennessee Volunteers and how trash they are. They need a win. They need a W ASAP. Therefore, I'm picking the Tennessee Volunteers to beat Chattanooga. If they don't beat Chattanooga, their season is shot. I don't care what nobody say. Tennessee has to win. And I'm barely picking them to win 38-26. They got to win this game. There is no excuse on why they should lose to Chattanooga. Seriously. Kansas State will take on Mississippi State. I'm going to take Mississippi State over Kansas State. 31-10. Air Force will challenge Colorado. I'm going to take Colorado to beat Air Force. 30-7. Alabama against South Carolina. Alabama can easily win this one. This is a conference game. An SEC matchup, but I don't feel like South Carolina will be enough for the number two ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. 49-20 Alabama. Stanford will challenge number 17 UCF. I'm going to say Stanford gets an upset. I feel like they'll get the bounce back win, if you will, over UCF. 37-28. Um... The number 24-ranked USC Trojans will take on BYU, who beat Tennessee. I think USC will win 38-21 over BYU. Memphis will take on South Alabama. I got Memphis winning that one, 28-6. I don't think South Alabama will be prepared for Memphis as they think they will, because I got Memphis winning that one by 22 Army will take on UTSA. I got UTSA over Army 30, no, 24-21, almost at 34, in overtime. I feel like that'll be a close game with the way that Army played Michigan. Again, there was no excuse on why Michigan struggled with them, but I think UTSA will get the W over Army. UNLV will take on Northwestern. I got Northwestern winning that one in a close one. 38-27. Arizona State will take on number 18, Michigan State. I got them winning that one easily 49-19 in Michigan State's favor. Iowa, number 19 in the country, will take on Iowa State. I'm going to say Iowa will beat Iowa State. I'm predicting them to win 26-14. Southern Miss will take on Troy. From what I've been seeing and from the stats I've been reading about Troy, Troy's been pre- Troy has been playing pretty good, but I think they will have a tough task on their hands against Southern Miss. So I'm going to say Troy wins that one, 32-25. Kent State will take on the eighth rate will take on the eighth ranked Auburn Tigers. I see Auburn winning that one. Hopefully the offensive line can start gelling a little bit and start protecting Bo Moore. Bo Nix, I think he'll have a decent game, but I see them winning 31-14. to Florida and Kentucky, one of the big games of the week. I see Florida winning that one, 30-20. Number one, Clemson will take on Syracuse. I think Clemson has had their hands full with uh, Syracuse for the past couple years now. But I think Clemson will get it done. I will be stunned if they get an early season loss, but I don't see that happening. So I'm going to pick the Clemson Tigers over Syracuse, 45-31. Hawaii will take on Washington. Washington easily getting the W in that one, 35-7. Florida State will take on number 25, Virginia. I think Florida State can pick up a W. I think they can get an upset. I'm going to pick Florida State over Virginia, 28-17. Oklahoma, I got them easily beating Chip Kelly's squad, known as UCLA, 41-10. As I mentioned, uh, Jalen Hurts, he's just putting up monster numbers. He's just really putting on Heisman-type performances. And we're just two weeks into the college football season. And I think he'll have another one going into this game, 41-10. 
The Sooners are my pick. Texas will take on Rice. I got them beating Rice 52-14. to Texas Tech and Arizona. I'm going to say Arizona wins that one 27-20. So those are my predictions for week, week two of the NFL season and week three of college football. So hopefully your favorite team, my favorite team, or some of my favorite teams, or whatever the case may be, hopefully they will actually have their game face on and win this Saturday, this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and Monday. Uh, With all that being said, um, continue to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Listen to the podcast. Tell your friends, tell your mom, your dad, the whole world. If you like the podcast, that's great. If not, I'm fine with that. But I do encourage you to listen to the podcast. Give it a shot. Let me know what you think. I'm open to all feedback. Um, continue to follow me on social media at I'm Rodimus Prime on Instagram and Twitter. Three Count Mafia. We will be on vacation next week. I will be with the fellas. Well, War Machine MJ. Unfortunately, Mainstream Malcolm could not join us this year. Hopefully, he can join us next year. So I will not be doing a podcast while I'm on vacation. That being said, you can continue to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit that big mother effing subscribe button on YouTube to stay alert with all of our content. Follow us at 3 Count Mafia on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And anything else that we have going on, we will do a prediction a prediction show on WWE Clash of Champions, which is this Sunday on the WWE Network, plus a review. So be on the lookout for that. And as of this reco- recording, we will finally get to our review of all the three of all three big shows from August 31st: All Out, Royal Quest, and NXT UK Takeover Cardiff. So be on the lookout for that as well. And anything else that I, myself, and Three Count Mafia have going on. So with all that being said, this has been episode 7 of Prime Talk with Rodimus Prime. I'm Rodimus Prime. You all have a blessed day. Have a good day. And I will see you guys next time.